You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mapping the College Audition, a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting audition process. I'm your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA, Musical Theater College Auditions. Today, we've got a double episode of seriousness and silliness lined up for you. Um, First off, we have the wonderful Ellen Lettrick. Uh, She's MTCA's founder and my longtime friend, who I often call my sister. Um, I've known her since I was 13 years old, and we've come so far together down this artistic and educational road together. Um, You'll hear us have a few conversations about art and life that bring me right back to the many late nights at Eaton Park or Galifty's in Pittsburgh, as well as those halcyon early New York City days. Um, So this was a really special one for me, and I hope you enjoy. Um, Ellen and I get into MTCA's beginning and what kind of makes the heart of MTCA. We talk about the wonderful TFCA, which is Ellen's scholarship organization she started. We talk about how one can try to positively affect the landscape and the pipeline as we sort of surround conversations around equity. Um, We do a little Ellen trivia time, which is the first of two trivia games we play today. Oh my, so much trivia. Um, And then Ellen gives some really sage advice about blocking out the noise of the internet and your peers, um, and there not being only one answer, one path, which is certainly something we are trying to emphasize on this podcast as well. Uh, Then after Ellen, we're going to bring back Elizabeth Stanley and Leo Ash Evans for a fun little newlywed revenge game where the two of them gang up on me um, and try to get back at me for the very difficult questions I gave them on their episodes. So stick around at the end if you want to hear me get humiliated. Uh, Next up, we have the amazing Kenneth Noel Mitchell from USC in another one of our college deep dive episodes. Um, But let's get to Ellen. Well, today we have a real honor for the podcast. Our queen bee, Ellen Lettrick, is here. Um, Ellen, who many of you know already. Thank you, Megan. We have low rent sound effects here, so we just make our own vuvuzelias. Um the Ellen has a BA in history from Villanova University. She has an MS in speech pathology from Duquesne. Um, she's done clinical voice work at uh, Weill Cornell Medical College, as well as the University of Pittsburgh. Um, she's worked as a vocal coach for the Broadway company of Matilda and the Off-Broadway and Broadway company of Hand to God. Uh, and aside from being the founder of MTCA, she's also the executive director of TFCA, um, which she founded in 2019 and which we're going to talk about both on this podcast. Ellen, how did we do? That was great. Thank you for the intro. So Ellen, our queen, um, you wrote this great blog entry, which people can check out on our site if they want to hear the kind of whole history of MTCA. But I thought, what if we do like 
a 60 second monologue version of the, the founding of MTCA. Um, if it needs to be a 90 second monologue, I won't cut you off. But yeah, you know, you know the, me well. <laughs> the simple, uh, um, how it started and sort of how we got to where we are uh, now. All right. Well, anybody who's met me through any MTCA interactions knows that at some point in our first meeting, as I'm demonstrating now, I say I specialize in long stories. Um, so MTCA didn't start on purpose. I think that's the most important thing to know, which meant that it grew organically through first me just having this strange affinity uh, for listening to musical theater songs and, and loving that genre, those genres, and then hearing a singer and saying, you know what you should sing? You should sing this. And that <laughs> was weird. But it also occurred in the 90s before there were PDFs of sheet music, before there was YouTube, before there was Instagram. So people were like, who is this strange fairy godmother of musical theater person? Um, I was in the Pittsburgh area and had done local shows with a woman, young woman named Leah Aikens, who was in the class of 99, um, the Carnegie Mellon musical theater class. And she said, oh, we have to raise money for our, they called it leagues at the time, their showcase. Uh, they had to raise some of the money. And I said, bring your class to Canfield, Ohio, where I was a high school teacher at the time. And uh, I was teaching social studies. It was fun, I always say. We had costumes and lots of storytelling. That's what history is. <laughs> and I said, bring your class. We'll, we'll have everybody sing something, talk about what it is to be like, you know, sort of on the precipice of entering a career in theater. And then this is how old the story is. That um, And then we'll feed everybody. We'll get a big six-foot party sub from Subway, which was like so cool in the 90s. And now people would be like, really? <laughs> no offense, Subway. No offense. But um, – Yeah, Subway is one of our sponsors, Alan. Okay. So I'm so sorry. I still love Subway. But, you know, that was – you know, feed the, feed the young artists and and give them a donation for their, uh, for their leagues. And they were really happy. So that started in 99. Um, that partnership continued with – Canfield High School up through the class when I left to go to grad school, which was the class of 2002, which was co-director Leo's class and Telly Leung. Mm -hmm. And so people, more people were asking me to coach and mm -hmm. I didn't know it really much about monologues. I knew a little about dance, but certainly not to look at it technically like I could at songs. And so I would ask people that I knew, starting with my friends from Carnegie Mellon and a couple others that I knew through friends and shows to come and supplement that training or to add to that training. And I called them my genius bar, which was very cool and innovative to say at that time. It grew to an amazing team of teaching artists who all had a shared passion, a shared sensibility about process. And that's how MTCA came to be. I'd love to talk a little bit about kind of the heart of MTCA. Sure. Um, something you and I have talked a lot about. Um, yeah. And, you know, sort of as you were founding it and running it with, you know, your intrepid co-directors by your side. Mm -hmm. um, what did you feel like was the most important thing to maintain that maybe set MTCA apart from other coaches or other uh, organizations that do similar things? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's an easy answer. It's the personal, the truly personalized education. And it's easy to say that, but that means that you really know what the student wants in their, in their program really specifically and, and their lives too. Mm -hmm. um, and not making it about one definition of a successful audition or the programs that are best, because that's just not true. And knowing that there's not just Broadway as a success or mm -hmm. these three schools as a success. And I love looking at our students, like shout out to one of our 
families who had three children go through this process. Tamara Josephson, who love her, love her mom, love her brother Miles, love her sister AB and her sister Carissa, who's not an actor. But um, she now is this really successful entertainment lawyer. She went to NYU Tisch and uh, AJ Malikoff is a lawyer. I mean, I love looking at the students who are still, you know, they're doing what they're doing and they're successful. I could name so many of them, um, whether it's in theater or not, but just kind of watching their journeys progress and knowing that nobody ever tried to tell them what to do on, on MTCA's end. You know, we just help them figure out that first, it's really the first step in their education. I love that. That, that is so what we're trying to do, you know, the, and a little bit on this podcast as we help them map their individual paths yeah. um, for people who are not MTCA students as well. But, but certainly yeah. with MTCA, the idea of, of how individual it can be and how, how we can celebrate all the different paths and not have it be that the one success is Broadway or the one success is, you know, this school. And then, then we'll be proud of you. That yeah. we're proud of and don't, all get, don't get me wrong. It's exciting when you get to see Logan Jones and SpongeBob and Heck yeah. Ashley Reyes and play that goes wrong and on TV. And, uh, but you know, obviously we have that goal too. It's just the, the, the broader goal that of the personalization of, and you know, of the education is right. what I love about, what we created all together. Um, what about, what if we transition to like, what is your favorite part about working with students this age group? I just love to hear like what, you know, you've now done it for so many years with, yeah. and they're always 17 to 18 years yeah. old, 16 to 18 years old. Yeah. You know, what has been your favorite part about working with that age group? <laughs> I keep, this is not my very favorite, but the first thing I think of is a little silly, which is the kind of surface is I, I know all the, I know all the terms. I know, Right now we spill the tea. We used to give the scoop, you know. Um, I, I feel like I'm like two steps behind. We don't I spill tea read on this Buzz, I read BuzzFeed to study up, you know. Um, <laughs> but I I don't know. I've I've always felt I don't know about younger than I am, but I just love the ener- the energy and the the quick wittedness of kids, theater kids in general and at this age and being somebody else in their lives who can, especially now that I'm I'm older, you know, like I can be sort of the stern mom, but also like the nerdy mom and the grouchy mom, the theater mom. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm definitely not the coolest part of MTCA. And I, I wear that mantle proudly. I think that's really cool to have like their parents and then old grandma Ellen and then cool Leo and Charlie and then like super cool younger coaches because you're old now, Charlie. So um true. So true. Yeah. Somehow Leo that. accused me I got older than he did all of a sudden. I don't know. Oh, uh, you but. know. Depends on the week, I think. <laughs> um, no, I, that's that's so true. But it's cool to be uncool. It's cool to be uncool. It is. You gotta just you just gotta love who you are. Um, Elle, I would love to get a bit into this wonderful new company that you've started yes. uh, of TFCA. Uh-huh. Um, so a few years ago, you decided to kind of take a step back from MTCA and dive yeah. full time into this new wonderful organization. So tell me a bit about that decision. What made you want to jump ship to this brand new exciting company that didn't exist before you started it? So for many years, MTCA has always had a a sensibility for equity. And in fact, our, as Charlie and Leo well know, our um, business advisor, consultant person who they still work regularly with said, you're a for-profit that runs like a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want people to be excluded because of money. So the way that worked prior to TFCA forming was that we, we would ask teaching artists to work for a reduced reduced salary or free once we for free once we verified that the student did have a significant economic need um and I, that just never felt right to me because 
we had incredibly generous people, but they're teaching artists and, you know, that's, that doesn't make you rich, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they're working their butts off being artists and they're incredible teachers. And many of them, uh, especially now have families and, you know, New York is expensive, et cetera, et cetera. So I had been thinking about it really for a long time. And the thing that kept, I mean, since at least 2010, which is when I moved to New York full time. And um, the thing that kept me, that I was hesitant about and that kept me from moving forward was I thought, I have no idea how to do the legality of it. I knew vaguely that it was, you know, a different animal. And um, and because TFCA, or sorry, because MTCA wasn't set up like with a business plan, it was an organic evolution. Well, I was just learning that, the things that you need to know to run a small business. So I just thought, I don't know how to do this. And then in in the later, in the later, not the later aughts, the later teens, we had a couple of years in a row where there were students who had their own nonprofits. And I thought, obviously an adult helped them set it up, but I thought, okay, come on, Ellen, like you, you got to figure this out. So I'm not sure how it came across it, but there's an organization called Volunteer Lawyers for the Arts, or VLA, which has a branch in New York. I think it's 50 years old in New York, and they're, they may have branches in other metropolitan areas. And they do once a month a like nonprofit for dummies um, three-hour workshop where you you just learn all of the really the framework stuff, and that that was enough for me to say okay 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 I can do this. It's not as hard as I thought. Um, it is hard. Don't get me wrong, but the the starting of it, I just needed an attorney who could guide me patiently, which I was lucky to be referred to, and. Um, we're still living and learning. Um, it is our educational model because it's so similar to MTCA's clearly works. Um, and we provide the, but we're in our third, we're just, we've just entered our third year of scholars. We call them our, our students. Um, and we provide not just artistic training, but all of the, all of the accessories and clothing and travel needs. Um, but you know, it's, it's it's all based on fundraising and that's that's really difficult also not my faith i want to be with the students but we have wonderful people that help us with fundraising and i'm really proud of everyone who works with tfca we're all volunteers including me currently um working to change that especially so we can hire an executive director with broader knowledge of the nonprofit world and i can focus on the educational aspects of it but we we're able to help six students during the pandemic, and we started with seven. I also hate that that's such a small number. It's such a small number, but I don't want to waver from the comprehensiveness of what we do because it it ties. I was thinking about this this morning, um, just kind of in general. There there are there are ways you can help students in in small you know increments and help them with specific aspects, but what. MTCA's model made me and MTCA really good at, which which we figured it out together over so many years, is that comprehensiveness. And I have had, I have so much experience in that, that it would hurt my soul to, it does hurt my soul to think of, it hurts my soul to think of helping a small handful of kids, but it hurts my soul maybe more to think of not helping them completely. Because that's what each student needs is successful auditions. So they have college choices that are financially viable. And that is the hard, that's the hardest part. We have very talented students, but they, they basically have to get full rides for the most part. And this year we have five of our six did to really big schools. Um, And part of that is that they came to us as incredibly good students already, which really helps. 
But anyway, that's a lot about – I could talk about TFCA forever. <laughs> oh, it's it's such a worthy cause. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about with the faculty a lot, how important it is to increase access. Yeah. But there's only so much they can do on their end of the pipeline, right? We, You really are now forming a kind of necessary moment earlier in the pipeline. And I do think that that holistic, we call it now holistic is our new favorite word for the soup to nuts help, right? But yeah. that kind of help is they can make, you can make pre-screens easier, you can make it, but if you don't have somebody helping you with some of the, the little obstacles that get in your way, which to some people, they don't even realize they're obstacles, but they just need someone to grab their hand and go, no, no, this is not that bad. Let me help you through it. You know, it can be a huge and then can give them access to this whole world that they didn't know about. Um, yeah. And there are and every year with every student, again, the individuality, I learn more and more things to check for in advance. Like, does the student have not because this would not affect their their qualification to be a scholar, but things to like, you know, address at the very beginning of their work with us. Do you have a space that you can work where you can work uninterrupted mm-hmm. in your home? If mm-hmm. not, let's find one. That's something that a lot of students just don't have to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I read, I've done lots and lots of reading and sitting in on workshops um, and participating in workshops about anti racism and anti racist education. And um, a, so a lot of the posts that are like, here's what privilege is and isn't, you know, in terms of, factual things like not worrying about can you go to the dentist and stuff like that a lot of that affects the audition process Mm -hmm. maybe the dentist maybe not but you know things that again a lot of students don't have to think about and our goal we always say is we want you to feel like not to feel like to be in the same position as your upper middle class peers who have a budget but not a super restrictive one Right. You know, we can't – I always say this is probably so dumb to them, but I say, like, you're going to pick out your audition clothing, not Prada, okay? And they look at me like, why would they pick out Prada? <laughs> but, you know, if they want Lulu – if they're drawn to Lululemon dance clothing, great. That's what we're going to do. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it is – and thank you for saying that the, the pipeline does start – I mean, it starts at the beginning, but there is a right. dearth of – that 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 leap from high school to train college training which you don't have to do i'm aware of but yeah. this we we're seeking people that that's what they want to go to school for they want to go to school and this is what they want to go to school for and i'm i'm the first person to say no you don't have to have a degree in musical theater or theater to be successful certainly not but we're for the people that they really want to pursue that they want to work they want to immerse themselves in their craft yes. and maybe other academic things um and it's I think our frustration right now is we want more students to know about us, but we also need more money. So I'm kind of glad that it's slowly disseminating. And we have wonderful supporters in the Broadway community and in the corporate community. But I would, I think, I know there are more students out there that need our help. They don't know about us yet or the, the part of it that's really, I have to figure out how to solve. And I think it'll come in time too is, the people that need our help the most don't really think about it until the fall of their senior year, uh-huh. which is for, and we can help them so much with skill building, singing and, and dance, you know, those objective things. And it's, that's pretty late to start. Um, yeah, never say never. Issue you know? We have with MTCA sometimes. Yeah. Go, God, if I'd met you six months ago. Right. Ooh, we gotta, yeah. Yeah. But we have to make sure that we're any scholar we take, we really have confidence that we can help them, you know, that, they, we can help them achieve their goal and and 
again, never say never. Every case is individual. We took a scholar in December our first year and she's amazing. And that was really, that really was, you know, worth it that Mm -hmm. the, the cannonball coaching that she had to do, Mm -hmm. um, and that we had to help her with, but we need, we need the more, more people to know that we exist and why we exist. Mm -hmm. And if anyone is listening and is passionate about this, you know, if you're seeing the systemic inequality in theater, there's, Mm -hmm. there are so many wonderful groups doing amazing work like Broadway Advocacy Coalition, who I've I've done a lot of listening and and learning from them. They just received a special Tony award, which is incredible. Um, And they are, we're, you know, one step earlier than them. Essentially Mm -hmm. they talk to collegiate groups and then of course, young professionals and professionals period. So when I say this, I mean this, this bridge or this Mm -hmm. connective tissue from high school and that training which maybe is choir, maybe it's show choir, maybe it's I just love to sing on TikTok, you know. Um, but there's there's a deep passion for storytelling to getting them to college, then reach out. Well, uh, that's just my next question. What if someone listening does want to get involved, either by maybe throwing a buck your way? Yeah. What, what could they do if they go, oh, God, I really want to help TFCA? Money, yes. Money we love. Any amount. We have We have a lot of little $5 monthly, not little, I shouldn't say $5, $10 monthly donations. Those mean so much. Like Mm. I know that those are coming from students or young professionals or just people that that's what they have to give. And those monthly donations are amazing. And you can go to our website, thefundforcollegeauditions.org. And there's a donate page. My email is ellen at thefundforcollegeauditions.org. I know there's no way to shorten it. We tried to buy the TFCA domain and just like MTCA, Mm. they wanted to pay like they wanted us to pay eleven. Somebody bought it, you know, and they wanted us to pay ten or eleven thousand dollars for it. No, thank you. We are a nonprofit. But anyway, despite our our lumbering name, um, that's where to find me. Our Instagram is is really active. You can DM me on Instagram or d- DM TFCA because it's me. <laughs> you know, people know that it's me talking to them. We have other people who who help too. Um, yeah, um, corporations, corporate corporate partners are always welcome. And again, it is, I, I totally understand that it's a really niche mission and we do want to expand it to individual kids. And also it is so easy for us, for me to, to grab a couple of awesome teaching artists who are way cooler than me and diverse in a way that I am not as a white cis hetero woman and, and do zoom workshops with kids or, you know, Q and A's with kids and parents just to give information. And I would love people to take advantage of that. Too. I love it. Um, and then what about on the student end? If I'm a student listening who thinks they might benefit from TFCA, mm-hmm. um, can we talk a little bit about the population that you work with and yes. how do I know if I should apply, if I might qualify, et cetera? So our mission is is really focused on first, the first criterion is low income. And we use the housing and urban development criteria, the government criteria for that. It's more flexible than the poverty index. Um, and it's, it's, proportionate to, or it's based on where you live, which I think is great. So the cost of, it's based on the median cost of living where you are. So the cost of living, you know, it's more expensive to live in New York than it is to live in Midlothian, Virginia, where I now live pandemic style. So, and as long as you meet the the highest criterion, meaning low income, you don't have to be in the very low income or the extremely low income. But if you're at that level, then you qualify to apply. 
our mission is centered on people that are most underrepresented, groups that are most underrepresented in film, television, and theater. And who that is, by our definition, is trans and non-binary students, anyone from the global majority, which is um, the better, I am told, version of BIPOC. Um, I'm constantly educated about that, but global majority, uh, disabled performers, neurodiverse in a way that's observable, and that's really tricky. But meaning if you're going to go into an audition room, you're going to be identified as different. Mm. Um, So people, for example, with an ADHD diagnosis, it's totally significant in your learning. It's probably not going to trip you up. Casting directors aren't going to look at you and go, oh, she has ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, There would be no actors if that was true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, uh, also weight diverse. So, But people that, again, are going to get – going to get – marginalized in a casting room or judged in a casting room because of of their appearance. Um, We do not only consider those people, but really our mission is centered on those people. However, again, each individual, each application is individual and it really stinks to have to say no to people, Mm -hmm. um, which we do sometimes, but we have a great I think it's important to know that it's not me making a unilateral decision. We have an education committee um, made up of three other wonderful educators and me. And we, everybody scores the students individually. And what you have to do is, is on the website. Um, And if it stresses you out, email me or TFCA, all the, all the TFCA emails emails come to me, whether it's TFCA at the fund for college auditions, I can read them all, but don't let us stress you out because that's the last thing we want. I can talk you through. You probably can do this more easily than you think, like in terms of videos and getting your transcripts. We don't want anything to get in your way that just because it seems too stressful. At the same time, we want people that have a work ethic. So um, you have to put in the work and you have to apply. And we accept on a rolling basis. If you are hearing this and you want to apply, apply. We will be honest with you if we are out of funds for the year. So when when are we done? We're done when we have chosen as many scholars as we have money for, and we just evaluate the applications as they come in. Love it. And we will put all of these links and ats and tags in the show notes so they'll be able to follow you and click on get updated information. Let's actually cue to a break. Um, and when we come back, we'll do a little trivia with Ellen Lettrick. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. So it's time for what America's been waiting for. Ellen's <laughs> turn for the gauntlet of trivia. Um, first off, I have to give a little apology and break a little bit of tea 
on the pod or spill a little tea is I guess how I'm supposed to say it. Break um, tea? What does that even mean? You know, it's like breaking news, breaking tea. Um, I, I'm creative, Ellen. Um, you are. My beautiful partners, Elizabeth and Leo, were both given nearly impossible questions and they both went 0 for 5, much to America's chagrin and my personal amusement. Um, They're both very lovely and very game as I had fun at their expense. But all of this is to say that this game will be much more fair, not easy. None of these questions are easy. Never easy, but um, these are gettable questions. So there's a chance, with my apologies to Elizabeth and Leo, that Ellen may get our first correct answer on the podcast. <laughs> it is possible that it'll happen today. Are, are you sure this isn't just a polite way of saying she's old? We got to be easy on her. No, I, I'm taking the note. I'm taking the note okay, that this, I was too enough, mean. It was fun for me, but it was not fun for everyone else. I was watching people <laughs> sweat as I gave asked them literally impossible questions. Now these are going to be hard. I'm not going to pretend they're going to be easy, but they're gettable questions. I think. Okay. Are you ready, Ellen Electric, for the gauntlet? I'm as ready as I ever will be. You first met Charlie when he was 13 years old at the wonderful Act One Theater School summer camp. At the time, he had some sort of physical ailment that kept him from being the dancing queen we all know him to be. For the first correct answer on the podcast, name that injury. So easy. Well, he had a cast on his arm, broken wrist. The correct answer is a broken right ankle. A broken <gasps> right ankle. What? I thought it was on your arm. No, oh my god, I think you're Evan Hansen and I'm I'm wrong. I set you up for failure because I've heard you say that before that I, he had a broken arm when you met him. And I was like, no, he had a broken ankle. Technically well, a broken ankle. You never corrected head. me waiting all these years all these years. I knew there'd be a time. I knew there would be a time. To get your revenge. Revenge. Question two. So 0 for one, but she's got a chance. Though this question is probably the hardest one. <laughs> Throughout his rock tenor phase, especially in his young <laughs> teens, you helped Charlie book many roles with great audition songs. His first real audition song he ever used, at least that he remembers, was when he auditioned for CLO Ministars, where he sang a truly epic tenor ballad. What song did Charlie use to audition for CLO Ministars, hashtag booked and blessed? Hint, hint, he would almost certainly not use it if he were 13 years old today, as some may deem it an inappropriate choice. Hashtag different times. Was it after school special? It was not after school special. Oh, that's not a ballad, but oh my gosh, I didn't even I remember when you booked Mini Star well, when you told me mm. you and Christian mm. Ortiz <laughs> and where we were. But <laughs> okay. I don't remember that. The correct answer was yeah. Endless Night from the Lion King. <laughs> No, I did not. I don't know if you did. I'm actually not sure if you gave it to me. I do not think I gave that to you, Charlie. Way to hurt my reputation. Definitely coach me on it. If Will Branner is listening to this, he will never live it down. Four bonus points. What was the next audition song in his book that he used for his high school auditions? Hint, it was a song cut from a popular musical. Cut from a popular movie. Oh, it was it Marking Time from Pippa? Marking Time is the first correct answer on the podcast. We're only treading water. I'm only marking time with you. We're counting okay. every moment. Yes, that's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question three. She's one for two and a half. <laughs> Megan Cordier was an MTCA student many, many, many years ago. Hey. Name one of her audition songs. Ugh. Did you know I'm not at all in love? Yes, you did. <laughs> that, wait, no, say that one more time. You got I'm not question. at all in love. And I was not her song coach, my friend. Right. That's what makes it extra hard. <laughs> you did see her to mock. Okay, so we have two correct two. answers out of two and a half, three and a half questions. Question four. How many 
currently active, and I'm going to define that as on the MTCA website, MTCA coaches have children. Hint, Little Pearl Studios Murphy does not count. Also, hint, multiple kids does not increase the number of coaches, but multiple coaches having the same kid does. I'm going to give you a plus or minus of one. So if you're within one, you're <laughs> correct. For- I know for time's sake, I'm just going to say four. Four was the your answer? Yeah. But my, my what I've written down as the correct answer is 12. <gasps> what? Can you believe it? Okay. What discipline has the most children for bonus points? What discipline has the most coaches with children? Is it is it vocal tech? It is monologue. Five really? monologue coaches with Wait. kids. But you have to remember, Katie and Ryan count twice because there's two coaches. No, unfair. I, I said it. Multiple kids is not even multiple coaches. I mean, the same kid does. I literally gave you a hint toward Katie and Ryan. For extra bonus points, which kid is the cutest? There is a Pearl. Duh. Little Pearl Studio with Murphy. Okay, another correct <laughs> answer. We're beautiful. Still in your. She, count, she counts this time. Of this question five, of the active MTCA coaches, same definition. Mm-hmm. How many were at one time? MTCA students. Oh, okay. For the purpose uh, of this question, I do not count, but Lisi does. Okay. In terms of where the MTCA is defined. I'm going to say eight. I'm going to give you eight is correct. I have nine, but we said plus or minus one would be correct. So I'm going to say that is correct. Which discipline has the most MTCA coaches? That there were former students. Mm-hmm. Um, dance? Dance is correct. Very yeah. good. Very good. Okay, so... Ellen, you have officially won the game. You've gotten multiple Ooh. correct answers. You We're incredibly two? proud of you. Meaning two? No, three? I think you got more yeah. than two if we count the bonus questions. You, you, okay. You, you got some steals. I think you got like three correct, four correct maybe. No, um, not <laughs> What a pleasure to play a little bit of MTC. She, she's the queen of newlywed trivia. The queen, yeah, though, but you know what though? From now you know on, people I, have a more fair chance, I promise. But yeah. I would like to point out that the easiest questions for me to answer was who sang what? Except the except, I do not think I gave you endless night for CLO. I, I never not said that you did. I never said that you gave it to me, but I do remember singing it. Oh, endless night. <laughs> remember it so well. And then I was like, wait, isn't that like it? Anyway, okay. Um, <clears throat> just a quick wrap up contemplation from yes. you, Elle. Yes. Um, with a little Ellen wisdom, I would just love to end with like. You know, from working so closely with this age group over so many years, is there like a piece of advice or something that you'd want to tell a young artist who's looking at college education in musical theater today? Try to block out the noise from the internet and your peers. And anybody who says there's only one answer for you is not you. Mm. Yeah. And the noise is, um, I just got snaps from Charlie. Mm. (laughs) Um, But it's so easy to listen to, especially your your peers and slightly older peers who have really, you know, powerful voices and are at schools that you aspire to, they've auditioned for themselves. Mm -hmm. That's it, you Mm -hmm. know? And I'm not saying there aren't wise people who really want to help you. I know our TFCA scholars help others, the younger scholars, but yeah, it's your brain. It's your heart. So spend, spend time with yourself. Um, and your coaches are great people. Honestly, your MTCA coaches are great people to, to use as, Sounding boards, because they're not going to, like Leo always says, we're not going to give you the answers, Mm -hmm. but they know the questions to ask, you know? It's such good advice. It was such a lesson for me to learn as a coach was that I was not getting myself into school again and again and again. Like I, I like yeah. I had to finally go like, Charlie, you already got into school. Like help this student. What do they want? What do, yeah. you know? But that was, you know, a couple of years of coaching before I felt confident being like, don't yeah. just coach them to be a little you, coach them to be a yeah. little them. 
um, which is just really hard. That's it. Should I give advice to a coach too? Sure. Yeah. Give advice to a coach. The advice to a coach would be, because I got this advice as a new clinician in graduate school, is it's okay to say you don't know Mm. and, and be honest with that. With your with your student in the moment and say I need to I want to ask and I think our team does that wonderfully. Um, I would I would love when I was coaching and I would say let me let me just call Anne or mm-hmm. let me call Lisi. I I just want to get somebody else's opinion about yes. this. So and my amazing speech pathology mentor Jackie Gartner Schmidt said it's always okay to say let me just go ask a a colleague mm-hmm. you know and to brainstorm and you'll often get much better. Um, you know, even fuller answers, or you'll get an answer that you didn't know. And that's absolutely okay. What made me think of that, Charlie, was when you said it took you a couple of years as a coach to be confident in your interactions with the students for themselves. It takes a lot of confidence as a teacher to be able to say, you know what, I'm not sure. Uh-huh. because But you don't have to know everything. Nobody so does. True. And well, yeah. That was my old that, teacher advice. <laughs> well, speaking to that compliment that you've you've always maintained that three years when you knew more than so many people and you would still say, I'm going to double check. I'm going to I'm going to verify for that for myself. Or I'm going to ask someone else or I'm going to get a second opinion. It's so it's, it, it just makes a, it makes the places when you do say, I know this, feel that much more confident because you're like, I know this. I do. I, this yeah. this I know and this I need to verify or this I'm going to double check. You want coaches who are specialized in this process because they know what is changing. And mm-hmm. what made me think of that was um, – Two year, the last live masterclass, uh, faculty master, summer faculty masterclass we had was the time when I recall hearing the most, guys, we don't care if it's overdone. Do lay mm-hmm. in, do wicked, it doesn't matter. And I always tell new students who I'm meeting, who I'm introducing that concept to, which will be reinforced by their song coaches. Um, if Ellen five years ago would have been sitting in the corner with her arms crossed, like over my dead body will an empty <laughs> student sing lay Miz. But you know what? That's what the, they are. You have to listen to the faculty. They mm-hmm. are, they're your audience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that they're saying that. Yeah, it's what you bring to it. And our, and I love listening to the podcast with the faculty because they're saying things that I already know, but I love it to be that I've I've learned from them, and I love mm-hmm. hearing it reinforced. That's so true. Well, Al, thanks so much, and thank you for the time today, and for being the incredible person that you are. Thank you, Charlie, and Mago. Okay. Well, I really hope you enjoyed uh, the conversation with Ellen as much as I did. I, I just, she is such a wonderful, generous, kind, and open-hearted person. Um, I just love chatting with her because uh, you can just, she wears her heart on her sleeve and it's just my favorite kind of people. Um, I want to do a little bit of a deeper dive um, into the conversation we had about pipeline. Um it's something that you've heard me discuss a little bit with faculty as we kind of offer them the opportunity to address their current conversations surrounding equity. Um, but when we do those conversations, I try not to jump in too much so that it can really be the conversation of their opinion and not my opinion. And I also don't want to just have the same conversation over and over. Um, but I do think now maybe is a good opportunity for me to give my opinion, what you guys have all been waiting for, I know. Um and I do think TFCA has hit on something really important. We, we hit on it a bit with Caitlin's episode too, in sort of uh, addressing this idea of equity earlier in the process and maybe just throughout the pipeline. Um, I think often in the professional world, they kind of pass the buck and blame colleges. Like, well, why aren't these colleges graduating people who of certain X and we'll hire them or whatever. And then the colleges go, well, if they'd only audition for us and we don't see that many people of X or whatever the, the thing that's being discussed. Um, and I do think 
TFCA is one of the first programs I've seen that really try to specifically address leveling the playing field in that way, or at least they make a, a little dent in it with uh, the students they have. Um, and so if you are a person of means who can contribute to them, please, they have my strong endorsement. I think it's a fantastic company. Um, but I also think anywhere you can help along the pipeline is super important. Uh, I kind of believe the only way to solve a systemic issue is by looking at the entire system. Um, and so in my humble opinion, uh, this is not a problem of like a few racist people in certain positions of power that we can be like, let's root them out and everything will be fixed. Um, especially knowing so many of these college faculty. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think this is a deeper problem and it goes into the nature of like societally when students start being interested in art and who is allowed to do art and who has the resources to take lessons or get to be exposed to, you know, the wonderful life affirming thing that is musical theater or theater in general. Um, so I do just kind of believe and and for, again, take it for what it's worth. And in my opinion, as a cis white man, but um, I do kind of think it is every part of the system that we can attack is helpful. Um, I'm kind of of the belief of like, let's do it all at once. Let's do all of the things. Let's address this and this and this and this. And then we can always step back and reevaluate and see what's next. Um, but let's kind of build that new world at all the stages. Um, and then we'll kind of see what's what the next thing to address is. Um, and that's some of, at least I think I said in the first episode, but that's some of the, the goal in the podcast is to be able to be a small part of addressing um, some of the information imbalance, at least, um, for people who can now listen to this episode for free. Um, so yeah, uh, that's my thoughts on some of these pipeline conversations. Now, on a much less serious note, our special little summer bonus game moment, uh, the much-anticipated newlywed revenge game with my two wonderful partners, Elizabeth Stanley and Leo Ash Evans. Hope you enjoy. All right. Dear listeners, after enduring much haranguing about my impossible questions that I asked my partners in their individual episode, Newlywed Games, America is getting what they truly deserved, a fair and balanced game. For these purposes, I am passing the hosting duties onto my producer, Megan Cordier, and vulnerably stepping into the game myself to battle my two partners in what I can only assume will be the greatest thruppled version of a Newlywed Game ever played. Megan Cordier, I pass the ball to you. Thank you, Charlie. Elizabeth and Leo, I'm so happy to have you back on the pod and potentially set the record straight in this newlywed revenge game. You both will be working as a team to answer questions about Charlie. Questions will be directed towards one of you, but you can phone in your trusty teammate to help you answer questions about your wonderful partner, Charlie Murphy. This feels unfair already. <laughs> All right, Charlie. So the first question is going to be directed towards you. Oh, God. As we all know, Leo loves his plants. Whether his habit is a passion or a problem is still up for debate. He re recently scored a seven and a half foot tall plant from a fellow New Yorker moving out. Yes. What name did he give this plant or what type of plant did he bring home, Charlie? <laughs> it's the name of the plant or the type of the plant. That's hard. They may be related to one or another. So I will be taking both. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. So um, I'm going to call it uh, Phil the Philodendron. Absolutely not. <laughs> Never gonna get seven feet tall, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
Leo, would you like would you like to introduce your plant's name to the pod? Yes, and it's not really a name of the plant. You're right; it's just a type of plant. It's an areca palm. Oh, yes. Tree. Oh, yes. I was gonna guess that it was a palm, and maybe you named it like palmyra or something. <laughs> mm. I should have phoned in. Can I phone in too, or am I? No, just, no, Charlie, no. Right solo. Okay. Oh, for one, fine. This is what it feels like. I get it. It's fair. <clears throat> Leo. Yes. This will be your question, but you can phone in Elizabeth to help. Okay. Likely. <laughs> Which MTCA coach set up Elizabeth and Charlie? Oh, I don't need help with that. I know that one. Allison Spratt Pierce. Correct. All right, Charlie. In Elizabeth's opinion, what is the most ridiculous slash funny thing you had to do while helping her self-tape? Uh, this is not going to be the win, but I have such a memory of her, like me filming her in, in our kitchen while she was like fake cooking, like using our kitchen. And I thought this was like the new modern way that self-tapes are going to be done. It's like, we actually have a frying pan here and we actually have, I was like, we have full props. But I don't think I did something ridiculous with that. So that's my answer, even though I'm sure it's wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Would you like to share your answer? <laughs> um, folding up that um, just oh. pain in the butt, oh, um, collapsible backdrop. But I don't know if anyone listening has one of those, but like... <laughs> That was every time. I would try to sumo wrestle it to the ground. You know, that, yeah, that was every time. Like, I would almost be in tears, and then I would just have to step away. And every now and then, one of us would just, like, magically go, boom, and it would, like, fold up. And But you're like, it happens so fast and so easily. I don't know how it happens, so I can't do it the next time. Mm-hmm. It never mm-hmm. is no. the same. No. Okay, this is a thrashing. I can feel it coming. <clears throat> it's fine. Elizabeth, when Charlie saw Leo in Leo's first Broadway show, where – did Charlie sit? <laughs> oh my God. Um, I'm looking for a location, not an exact ticket number. It's not like G6. <laughs> I have a guess, but I'm going to phone in Leo just to make sure that we get it right. Do you remember Leo? What's that? I sure do. But I bet your guess is right. You my guess was going to be the very back row. <gasps> no, you're wrong. Oh. Good thing you phoned me in. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was in the he was the front center seat in the front oh row God. like that like that obnoxious seat like where you don't even see the show and you're behind the conductor's head but like on the conductor's camera like they could see us on the conductor's camera oh like my whatever God. Like, yeah. right hey. like I could I could right I could see him backstage when I wasn't on oh my God <laughs> God that's so excellent though we should we should get that footage for the podcast promo somewhere some conductor somewhere somebody. somewhere in the broad archives all right charlie yes leo has developed some luscious locks in this pandemic i agree he's sporting it today he's sporting it today looks lovely leo thank you this company may have predicted leo's new hairstyle by hiring him in 2015 to voice over for one of their commercials i got one i think i got this i'm gonna say Vidal Sassoon? Uh, mm, no. 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 Oh, Strong I hear and your wrong, voice on a, I've heard that commercial. Wrong. What is it? What's the answer? It is Garnier oh. Full Blends. Yes. Garnier. Oh, my God. Wait, Leah, what, what's the clip? Yeah, what did you have it. to say? I need to know. Uh, whole, whole Blends. Whole Blends Garnier. Where every color and every match, every matching color, something like that. But it was Ooh, whole, whole, whole blends Garnier. That's awesome. Leo's has like a like a, that silky luxury voiceover. It's never like like because like you think he's like oh he's fun he's energy, but the voiceover is always like 
classy. Like it's all like all of them. They're all like it's a Rolls Royce. That's what like Leo <laughs> drops you on. Smoker's voice, end of the night, four a.m. bar. Own it. Do you like a good whiskey? I've got it for yeah. you. Yeah. All right, great. Oh, for three. I thought I had that one. I thought Vidal okay. was going to give it to me. Okay. Yeah, you were con- mm, confident I, with that answer too, Charlie. Wrong and wrong. That's right. Leo. Yes. Where in the world did Charlie propose to Elizabeth? I can't phone a friend. Elizabeth is a part of the answer. Haven't you been locking in the details of my life, Leo? Jeez. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know where he was. Wait, I remember it happened on the roof. Correct. Yes. Of the apartment building. Yeah. I just remembered in the in the photo. <laughs> you have been locking in the details of my life. Well, that's what you have to do. You have to sit with the answer for a while. Instead of just, just saying the first thing, you got to. That's good. That's a good strategy. Okay. Charlie, last question. Okay. How many plants does Leo (laughs) have in his apartments? And I am looking for an exact- Wait, with 100 plants, I have to get on the dot? Yes. Unbelievable. All right. It's definitely in in the 20s, above the 20s. It's not under 20. There's no doubt about it. Correct. And I'm going to say it's under 100. So that's the range I'm playing with. Is that correct too? Maybe. Yes. Okay, good. We do live in New York City, Chaz. I'm going to (laughs) say the the first number I had in my mind was 37. I'm going to up it a little bit because of the new plants, including Phil the Philodendron, who you're calling uh, whatever, a palm tree, which is not her name. Arika. Arika, yeah. Erica the Arika. I'm going to say 43. Ooh, it was ah. close. Ah. What was it? What, but didn't I, what, didn't I say close to 40? You did say close to 40, but I was Oh, my God. Wow. close to 40. Wow. Oh. Wow. All right. Well, that's what it feels like. A thrashing was given. We, we can give Charlie a sympathy point if we want to. One but I will point. say right. the spouses have won. Yes. And the hosts. Hey. We have second the record yes. straight, ladies and that's gentlemen. That's correct. And a huge thank you to you, Megan. Thank you for hosting a be- beautiful revenge game. And thank you, partners, for your gameness and coming back on and having a little fun with us on the newlywed revenge game. Thank you for treating us was- fairly for once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Power in numbers. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you so much. Well, that's our special episode. If you enjoyed this episode and my utter humiliation and want to hear more of our ridiculousness, please give us that sweet, sweet follow. Uh, We'd also appreciate it if you were to rate and review us where you found us. We suggest five stars if you want to see a copy of that conductor's tape and ironic five stars if you'd just rather use your imagination. Perfectly fair. Uh, you can also reach out to us with questions for the pod at mailbag at mappingthecollegeaudition.com. If you're interested in working with MTCA for help with your individual prep for your college audition journey, please check us out at mtcollegeauditions.com. To my young artists out there mapping their journeys, there is no amount of plants that is too many plants. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.